BlackBerry or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America, welcome to the 55th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www. IIRSportsOneWord.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week, as well as discuss uh, the event of the week that I attended. And in a half an hour, we will be joined by our weekly call in expert, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post. So, another Wild week in sports, as always. My highlight of the week was last night's NBA playoff games with the Boston Celtics beating the Atlanta Hawks and the Philadelphia 76ers. Victory over the Chicago Bulls. I covered the Celtics practice yesterday. I knew they were ready. Conducted an interview with uh, Avery Bradley, the uh, defensive stalwart of the Celtics. Uh, and actually, you can view that at voiceamerica.com's YouTube channel. Uh, put it up right after talking with Avery during the game day shoot-around at the Celtics practice facility. And uh, again, I knew from attending, uh, they were ready, high energy in the building. And last night was just a terrific game. Uh Vintage, vintage Kevin Garnett, who had 28 points, 14 rebounds, 5 blocks, 3 steals. And frankly, I had wondered if we were ever going to see that KG stat line again. He was an absolutely dominant force. And a lot of that has to do with uh, comments made by an Atlanta Hawks owner about KG being, quote, the dirtiest player in the league. Uh, said just a couple of days ago, and in the post-game press conference last night, KG confirmed that he, uh, those comments gave him some, quote, extra gas. And he had a whole lot more to say. Uh, so 
Don't Awaken the Sleeping Giant. And that's what the Atlanta Hawks did with KG. And it was spectacular to see that he still has it. And the uh, Sixers game was equally compelling uh, going down to the end, like the Celtics game. And, uh, you know, kind of feel bad for the Bulls. Best regular season record injuries are a part of sports. But, you know, it's one thing to lose Derrick Rose, the MVP of the league. It's yet another thing to also lose uh, Noah, who is uh, Joachim Noah who is basically the heart of the team. And, you know, when I think back uh, to the fact that the Bears were looking pretty good and then lost Jay Cutler and then the Bulls were looking pretty good and then lost Derrick Rose, uh, you know, as, as Michael Wilbon from ESPN, pardon the interruption, has pointed out, that's a pretty tough one-two punch against uh, the Chicago fans. So, but now we go old school with Celtic Sixers. And, boy, I can't wait for that series. Uh, again, one of the great, great robberies in all of sports, from Wilt versus Russell in the 1960s to right up through Larry Bird versus Dr. J in the 1980s. My favorite memory is the day the Sixers come in for Game 7 in the early 80s, and... A lot of people were in the garden that day, the old Boston Garden, were wearing ghosts, as in sheets, over their over their body, talking about the ghosts of Celtics' past. I, don't, I think Philly had never beaten the Celtics in Game 7 at that point, or something like that, or maybe just in the garden. But great stuff. I think of players like uh, Andrew Toney, uh, Mo Cheeks, the comment on a couple of these Sixers players. Oh, it's just going to be... Fabulous. Can't wait to watch it. <coughs> My low light of the week is Josh Beckett's Golfgate. Uh, getting a lot, a lot of play up here in New England and some decent play nationally. And uh, Beckett laid an egg last night. Horrible performance out in two and a third, after two and a third innings, booed incessantly by the Boston fans. This is still the residual from. He's seen as the ringleader of last season's claps and this season's uh, awful start. And uh, he had comments after the game that basically said, you know, uh, he can do what he wants on his off day, which apparently includes golfing uh, right soon after saying that he uh, had hurt his lat and... uh, and therefore missed a start. So, Josh Beckett, uh, what to do, what to do. I think the Red Sox have a huge problem on their hands, and uh, the town has turned totally against them. Uh, not something you see every day up here in Red Sox land, so should be interesting to watch. My bizarre story of the week is this Chris Anderson of the Denver Nuggets being named as a person of interest in an Internet child porn investigation and uh, Chris Anderson is of course the uh, known as the Birdman tattoos head to toe literally reminds me of the, uh, the movie The Illustrated Man with uh, Rod Steiger from years ago uh, tattoos everywhere and 
uh, crazy sounding story and just unbelievable timing. I mean, they literally played game six against the Lakers yesterday and tomorrow night's game seven and to have this swirling about is uh, pretty crazy. You know, just taking a step further, talking about, uh, I referenced Chris Anderson and that bizarre story that's occurring with him. But uh, got to hand it to the Nuggets. I mean, what they did the other night going into L.A. and beating the Lakers in what everybody assumed would be the end of the series, Game 5. So that sent it back last night to Denver where... They jumped out to a 13-0 run and just basically, uh, you know, held on and pretty solidly beat the Lakers. So sets us up for uh, Game 7 tomorrow night in Los Angeles, which is going to be fabulous. And the return of Ron Artest, uh, or Meta World Peace, uh, back from his uh, not-so-peaceful elbow to... Uh, the neck of uh, James Hardy a few weeks back. So anyway, it's going to be uh, going to be an interesting evening tomorrow night. So the NBA playoffs are really heating up. Obviously, the Heat are in. Uh, they're going to face the Pacers. That could be a tough one. And again, uh, the Celtics. You know, having watched every game of the Celtics Hawks series uh, was. Really, um, was really good stuff. You know, the Hawks, such an interesting team, um, where they have so much talent, but you know, you're in, you're out. They just, uh, can't seem to cut it. And, you know, last night, just another classic example of the Hawks being the Hawks. I give them a lot of credit. You know, they, they won that game the other night down in Atlanta. They did force a game six. They showed up last night big time. But what, at the key moment of the game, Josh Smith, great player, threw up just a ridiculous 20-foot shot being guarded by, I think, Garnett. And that was basically, you know, the key offensive possession of the game for the Nuggets. And... uh and, you know, obviously the shot didn't go in. The Celtics held it on. KG hit the winning shot. Um, again, he was just huge. Um, you know, to watch him just play such inspired basketball uh, as, you know, living in Boston as someone who follows the Celtics up close and personal. Uh, you know, the last couple of years for KG, you know, he had his moments, but, I mean, he... He just looked like he was getting old. I hope he doesn't hear that because he, he certainly lashed out last night in last night's press conference against the media who uh, talks about him getting old and how it motivates him. But, you know, he had injuries and it really made him look old. So basically, uh, you know, he played, he's been playing well really for the last couple months since the All-Star break when Doc Rivers, out of necessity, put him in its center, and he's just, like, reborn. And last night was the absolute exclamation point uh, on his, you know, rejuvenation. And uh, uh, wonderful to see. He, he was just all over the floor. Again, 28 points, just unheard of from him in recent years. Uh, not to mention, again, 14 rebounds, blocks, steals, 
all over the court. He basically bailed the Celtics out last night. Pierce and Allen both appear to be hobbled. Maybe not injured, but hobbled. And uh, so that bears watching. Sixers, again, they're, they're young, as Doc Rivers called them last night in the press conference. They're gazelles. And uh, so that is going to be fascinating to watch. Uh, the, as Rivers said the key to the series, don't turn the ball over, because if they do, instant basket for the Sixers, who like to sprint up and down the court. No secret, the Celtics are perceived as old, uh, but been a while since I've seen a team with uh, more heart and no quit in them than the Celtics team. So I think it's just going to be great. And again, you know, we, there's a lot of talk about great rivalries and Red Sox, Yankees. Uh, my all-time favorite is Steelers, Raiders growing up near Pittsburgh. But, you know, if you're talking top five rivalries in the history of American sports, I'll definitely put in Celtics, Sixers. They last met in 02. I was went to one of the playoff games that was featuring uh, Paul Pierce and Antoine Walker versus Allen Iverson, who was very impressive to say the least. That was like right when he was leading the league in scoring on a consistent basis. But more importantly, just back to the famous Larry Bird era Celtics Sixers rivalries. Uh, just awesome to say the least. Um, they were just fabulous to, uh, to see unbelievable emotion. We all remember the famous photo of, uh, in an exhibition game for gosh sakes of, uh, Larry Bird with his hand around the neck of Julius Irving. So yes, it was, uh, Great times, and I think it's going to be a great week or two with uh, with these two teams playing, and I just can't wait to get it going. These Sixers are intriguing. You know, you can say what you want about an eight beating a one, but uh, it was uh, an impressive feat, you know, to do that. The Bulls have played a lot of the year without Derrick Rose, and... They only had lost Noah for the last two games, so the Bulls were looking good without Rose. They were beating a lot of really good teams, and then uh, and from there, um, you know, the Sixers held on. A lot of emotion. Doug Collins looks completely ready to go and fired up, and uh, you know, I think the Sixers team, I think it's just going to be a classic with the Sixers team liking to run. Celtics team, they can run when they get Rondo going uh, off transition and rebounding. But, uh, you know, let's face it, they're not a running team. They're more of a defense and then uh, set offense type of team. So it should be uh, should be something to see. And the Celtics are very fortunate. Doc Rivers called last night's game a game seven for the Celtics. And he had that right because they got the feeling game had they lost last night. Game seven in Atlanta would not have been pretty. So with that said, time for our break. As my former co-host, Lemont Williams from outside the huddle, likes to say, time to pay some bills. So let's take our break. 
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Sports have become a big part of everyone's lives today. We all have that team that we live and breathe to follow. We watch hours of football on TV, play Madden sports on our gaming system, and our wives can't seem to tear us from the couch. If this sounds like you, or if you're a football wife who wants a few words, we want to hear from you. Listen for Life, Love, and Sports, featuring your host, Ron Dixon. Ron takes you inside the world of sports and finds out what you, the fan, are talking about today. Listen Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Sports. This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, Back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. This is your host, John Inglesby. And to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And last week I attended Connecticut Sun Media Day and spoke with Don Evans, the all-time leading scorer in the Colonial Athletic Association and the third leading scorer in America two years ago. She's in camp trying to make the Connecticut Sun WNBA team and sat down with Dawn, who told me her truly inspirational story of how she battles the same kidney disease that Alonzo Mourning has, known as FSGS. And let's take a listen at what Dawn had to say. With FSGS, um, focal segmental glomerular sclerosis, it's scarring up the kidneys, um, where obviously your body can't filter the waste out of your body, and it obtains some elements that you needed you need out of your body. And um, the media covered it a lot my senior year in college, and a lot of people didn't understand, you know, me being able to play basketball and have this disease because it's a chronic kidney disease that causes some fatigue. Um, okay. Um, famous names that have this disease: Alonzo Mourning. Oh yes, I'm uh, here with. Yeah, Alonzo Mourning. He's a part of my foundation that we we do to fund kidney disease. Okay. So initially when I was diagnosed, I was really discouraged, and I didn't understand what to do about it, but... <laughs> when was that? December of 09. December of 09, so, so you would have been a sophomore. Junior. Junior. Yeah, junior. Um, and then I spoke with him, somebody who actually dealt with it. Um, and a basketball player to boot. Basketball player who dealt with it, you know, went on to play in the NBA at the highest level here. Yes. Um, and he kept me encouraged, and he told me to fight through it and do what I can just to stay in shape and that my opportunity would come. And so initially out of college, when I went undrafted, um, and I just signed a contract overseas, 
still people had doubt and it just became too much. It was just discouraging for me at that point. And, and We're I talking just, last like, summer? Yeah, last sort of, yeah. Mm-hmm. 2011. Yes, 2011. Right. So follow, right following that, that's when I quit basketball. Just because I was just tired of dealing with, you know, the question and the doubt, even though I performed on the court every night. Right. And so, um, but when I was out, you know, not playing, teaching, I missed it so much. So the opportunity showed itself in Austria, and I took it, and I continued to play. But right now I'm just trying to serve as an ambassador for this disease and to let everybody know that, you know, you can still play and you can do whatever you want. Because a lot of kids are diagnosed with this disease each year. 5,000 kids each year are diagnosed with this disease. And it's a disease that not many people know about. So I'm just an advocate for that and trying to do what I can to keep these children encouraged. Because they have their whole life ahead of them. That's wonderful. Now, is this your foundation that you started, or was it existing and you have now are now participating? Yes, it was existing, and then when the media covered, um, you know, everything I, that I was doing, still playing with this disease, um, they contacted me and asked me if I would become a part of their foundation, where the ambassadors are Herschel Walker, who is an oh. NFL player who is also diagnosed with kidney disease. I never knew that. And then Alonzo hmm. Mourning, who is an ambassador for this, this, um, this foundation. So they asked me to join, and I did. Now, did um, has it ever prevented you from doing anything on the basketball court? It never. doesn't sound that way. No, never. The only thing it did, it hit me emotionally when it first happened. So I right. sat out a couple of games because I was just dealing with it emotionally. Me and my family all together were just kind of dealing with it. And after that, you know, I, I hit the ground running, you know, until I hit that wall right after, right after the draft, really. Right. Right, last May. Yes. April, May. Mm-hmm. Before, right before graduation. Exactly. Uh, where did you grow up? At Clarksville, Tennessee. My dad was uh, military. He was Army. Oh, so, okay. So um, I was actually born in Germany. So he got stationed at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Right on the borderline of Kentucky is right there, Tennessee, Clarksville, Tennessee. Okay. And I was kind of raised there. I moved to Clarksville when I was about two. Okay. And uh, how did you choose uh, James Madison? Um, my dad is originally from D.C., the D.C. area. Okay. Um, James Madison is about an hour and a half from there. Um, I had already made my decision when I went to James Madison. I just knew I was going to commit to University of Tennessee Chat, Chattanooga. Right. Sure. Um, I visited JMU, fell in love with the campus, the coaching staff, the girls, the whole nine. And um, I said, I'm coming here. Now, what conference is JMU in? Colonial Athletic, so the CAA. Oh, interesting. I went to... Uh college. So I went to St. Francis of Pennsylvania. Okay, yeah, we play them. Right, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why I asked. I wasn't sure if you were in the same conference or now in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. But the associate commissioner is uh, graduated with me. Ron Bertovich. Oh, the name ring yeah, a bell. I and think I've heard that name a couple yeah, times. Yeah. He's still there, I believe. Yeah. And, oh, okay. uh, yeah. Been a busy man with George Mason. Yeah. Making for things right. like that. That's so, right. That's right. And then uh, VCU. VCU. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I always think of him. Yes. With, uh, you know, with the Colonial. Um, so what caused you, how did you find out about the diagnosis? Routine physical or was there a reason that you thought you should go see a doctor? Um, another um, sign of kidney disease is the high blood pressure. Okay. So I was suffering from high blood pressure and it was causing extreme headaches. Hmm. Um, and I just didn't know why I was having these continuing headaches. And 
I went to the doctor and we had some blood work done and obviously that's where we showed those signs of kidney disease before my biopsy in December. So it was actually the summer going into my junior year okay. I had these I was having these headaches. And then months later that's when we did the biopsy. But it was the headaches that initially started off, you know, something's wrong, something's not right. Right. And right. so we tried various things. We're like maybe it's some of the medication that you're on or whatever. So we changed up some things before we actually did the blood work. Mm -hmm. And then when the blood work came back, you know, maybe November of 09, then right. we were like, we need to schedule a biopsy to see what's going on. So you find this out in December of 09, obviously during mm -hmm. basketball season. Yes. Did you just keep right on playing? No, the, the thing about it, we played UVA, who was ranked 14th at the time. Sure. Um, we played them. We beat them. The very next day, we, I went home, traveled back home with the team because we played at UVA. I went home the very next day. I traveled back to UVA Medical Center, and I had my biopsy done. So it was right after, like, the game of my career. I had 38 points that game. Wow. Um, and then traveled the next day and had the biopsy two days later after that. That's when they got us, got us back with the diagnosis, and it okay. was FSGS. All right. Well, that's quite a story. You yeah. know, I uh, you know, give you all the credit in the world. Well, thank she you. clearly hasn't, you know slowed you down anyway, and I'm sure it's not going to going forward. That's right. That's so, right. I wish you the best of luck, and uh, I, I covered some games last year. Mm -hmm. Certainly we'll be down for uh, many more this year, Great. so I look forward to seeing you uh, out there on the floor. Well, thank you. Thank All you right, so much. Don, thank you. Well, truly, truly, one of the more interesting and enjoyable interviews that I have done in a long, long time. That was last week down at uh, Connecticut Sun Media Day for the WNBA franchise. Uh, Don Evans, uh, she was signed to come and invited to come to training camp in March, mid-March by the Sun. And uh, again, an impressive, uh, impressive career. She was uh, the Colonial Athletic Association Player of the Year in 2011. And she was uh, the tournament, the CAA tournament's most outstanding player. She's uh, James Madison's all-time leading scorer in uh, four different categories, points, free throws, three-point shots made, and three-point shots attempted. Um, so, again, and, you know, a personality to match, and obviously... Uh, you know, the, the inner workings that make, uh, that make up special people uh, that can dig down deep to overcome medical problems and, uh, you know, to ultimately end up, uh, you know, beating them or managing them. And, uh, and here she is trying to make the WNBA. And uh, she spent the last year uh, playing in Vienna, Austria. And now she's back in America and trying to make the sun. And again, um, truly, truly inspirational. And here's hoping that, uh, that her tryout goes well with the sun. And now it's time to take our break, and joining us on the other side will be Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post.
internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Ready for in-your-face sports? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about? Either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go. You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sydney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. What if there was a program that brought the best in sports and the best of entertainment together in one place? It can be done, and Darnell Autry proves it every week on Outside the Spotlight. In this program, athletes and artists come together to share their success stories, hobbies, professional projects, and more that will interest not only the sports fan, but fans of entertainment and other human interest stories. If you have something you want to ask your favorite athlete or entertainer, listen for Outside the Spotlight, Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. To join the show, call in number one. 888-346-9144. You can email me at iir at comcast.net. On the line with us now is our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post. Welcome, Barry. How are you doing today? I'm excellent, John. As, as always, thanks for having me. Yes, uh, glad you can join us. And uh, I've talked a little basketball and a little baseball, but I have yet to touch on hockey, and tomorrow night, uh, right at 34th and 7th, is Game 7, Rangers-Capitals. I think it's just going to be spectacular. It feels like it's, you know, been a few days since they last played, which it has been, and uh, so I think a little the buzz is off just ever so slightly, at least up here in Boston, where they're still mourning the Bruins, but I'm sure not the same in New York City. It's going to be huge. Yeah, it will be. And, uh, you know, it's funny, the, the, the Rangers have been around since the 20th, and, you know, they've never lost Game 7 of the, of the playoff series at home. I don't hard to believe. I think there's been uh, four of them. Uh, they've only played nine, believe it or not. All the years the Rangers have been around, they've only played nine, Game 7. They've won all right. four at home, they've lost all five on the road. So, you know, if you look at it that way, well, maybe that's good for the Rangers. But, you know, if you look at the big picture here, there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of Rangers fans, I think, are actually, you know, kind of nervous and kind of uh, apprehensive because the Rangers really 
shown the ability to put the puck in the net. They rely a lot on uh, different clubs. That's the way they played all year. And you're, you're not going to see how the Clippers are going to change the spot, you know, after, you know, 80 some odd games and one more games. So, you know, you kind of wonder where the offense is going to come from. Um, you know, the power play hasn't been that great. Uh, the only time they actually scored goals is on the power play, but that just goes to show you how, you know, how troubling their, their offense has been. And you just kind of wonder... Who's going to step up? Where, where is that? Where is that big goal going to come from? And it, it's, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how it's going to go. I mean, after after the Caps lost that overtime game, you figure, well, they're done emotionally. They came back on the next game, and then you know the, the close out uh, after uh, game five uh, at the Garden. You know, the Rangers uh, tied the game of racket six seconds to win in overtime. You figure, oh well, Caps are done here too. Caps come bouncing right back. Win game six in very convincing fashion. Pretty much dominated that game, actually. It was the most dominating game throughout the whole series. So I think pretty much all bets are off in season seven. You know, I, I don't really kind of feel either way on this one. I mean, you know, the whole team should win game seven. Historically, that's the way it works. You play all year for that for that moment to get that final game home. But the Caps have been very resilient, and as they as they prove the rules so I mean you know right off the bat I mean game seven Saturday night in Madison Square Garden I mean it just doesn't get any better than that but I saw the next best thing I didn't see it but you know the night the the, the first night of the NFL draft a couple weeks ago Thursday night was uh, also a game seven down the street from Radio City Music Hall where I was at Madison Square Garden when uh, the Rangers hosted the Ottawa Senators in a Game 7. Of course, we here in Boston are well familiar with uh, the Washington Capitals being able to come on the road in a Game 7 and win like they did to the defending Stanley Cup champion Boston Bruins a mere two weeks ago as well. So uh, I think it's going to be great. Uh, I, I just can't wait to uh, watch it. I, I you know. 
put it this way, I'm, I'm going to give it equal time between game one of the uh, Sixers-Celtics. So for me, uh, you know, th that's giving it a lot of credence. I, I just have, I think it's going to be a special sports night. Uh, and then followed by game seven of the Lakers Nuggets to boot. So I, I think it's, you know, all on a Saturday night. So I think it's going to be good stuff tomorrow night. I can't wait. Yeah, Saturday is going to be a huge sports night for sure. And, uh, you know, and, you know and, and coming from where you come from, uh, you know, that, 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 that says a lot that you put the Rangers caps in the same uh, playing field as the uh, you know, Celtic Sixers, which is, that's going to be a great series too. I think that, that should be a lot of fun. So, uh, so yeah, a uh, lot of uh, anticipation. Uh, on this weekend, and uh, we'll see how it all pans out. It's going to be great. Uh, yeah, and Barry, why don't we, uh, you know, take a, take a moment here. I, I want to get your thoughts on uh, Celtics uh, Sixers uh, following last night's two riveting playoff games that each team won, and now they uh, were going old school. Celtics Sixers, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, you know, and it starts very quickly tomorrow night. I mean, uh, most, uh, about the only thing they could do to make it more old school is to get uh, Dr. J and uh, Larry Bird out of retirement for this one. I think uh, that would be a lot of fun. But um, right, grabbing yeah, each other's it's, throats. It's, it's going to be terrific. It's going to be terrific. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think the Celtics, you know, coming off the uh, series against, uh, against Atlanta, um, you know, fighting off the Hawks, you know, and uh, actually getting a, getting a little bit of a boost to, uh, Mentally, when uh, one of the Hawks owners, you know, called Kevin, Dar Kevin Garnett a dirty player, and Garnett responded with a great game, uh, knock off the Hawks. And Garnett even said, you know, I just want to thank, uh, just want to thank the Hawks owner for, uh, you know, for you know motivating us a little bit more, and you know, a bit of advice. You know, next time you open your mouth, understand what you're talking about. So uh, you know, it was a little bit of a little bit of anger from Mr. Garnett, and a little bit of anger, and a little bit of something to prove. And uh, you know, Celtics came out and took care of business that they had to do. And uh, the uh, uh, Sixers doing the same thing, and uh, it should be a lot of fun. You know, the Sixers have some, some great young stars in that team. You know, uh, on the way back, uh, you know, to a perch that uh, you know, was back in the day. You know, Sixers were one of the top teams in the NBA. I think it's been a while since they've been back to this point. Just the uh, Allen Iverson, uh, Larry Brown, Sixers uh, back in the early part of the. Uh, Last decade, so yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to that. Tonight. That should be a great, great series to watch. That'll be very compelling to be Well, you know, it's funny uh, that you would mention that because I actually, I didn't know what to make of Allen Iverson. I mean, I followed Georgetown closely, but you know, I was never much of a fan. And then uh, decided to go into one of the first two playoff games in 2002 against the Celtics. That you just referenced, and I'll tell you, it was a moment I'll never forget. I mean, it was the first time I saw Allen Iverson play in person, and I was completely and totally blown away. Uh, he, he was literally unstoppable. And he had a shot, and I'll never forget it as long as I live. He, the way he went up on his jumper, he tilted his body back slightly, that basically made his shot, despite the sun. He's nearly unlocked. And, uh, you know, it, it, I just came away so impressed that night with Allen Iverson. And, uh, again, tonight of basketball, I forget as long as I live. 
rather ironic since I just happened to notice where he scored something like 39 points in a game in China two nights ago. So, uh, still around. Whether he'll make the NBA is another question, but Allen Iverson lives uh, still on a basketball court. So, but again, unstoppable. And of course, you know, I referenced earlier in the show the 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 early '80s. Do you remember the game, Barry, when uh, Game Seven in the Old Garden, when the Celtic fans were wearing sheets and talking about the ghosts of Celtics past? Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. And uh, yeah, it was, that was that was quite a scene. And there's a lot of great, uh, you know, you talk about. Listen, you know, when you talk about. Boston and the Celtics and basketball. I mean, there's a flood of, of, of memories of, of all kinds of things, and you know what a, what a legacy it's been. And you know, the legacy kind of continues. I, I, and it, it's great that you know the big three you know, been able to kind of you know, rekindle those, those those old days uh, of, of dominance. Um, and it, it's been fun. But you're getting back to Iverson for a second. You know, it's funny that, that we talk about about Allen Iverson. And I was always a big Iverson fan. I, I loved watching him play because he. A little guy, and he, let, he, you know, and you know, obviously had some, well, some off the court issues, um, plenty of those. But on the court, right. I mean, he just left it on the court every night. I don't, you know, I really admired the way he played the game, and I actually loved watching him play because he would, he would, he carried him on his back, and he would just get beat up every night. And he was a little guy too, tough, and he just tough. He, he, he played so hard and with so much. Um, so much desire and so much intensity. Like a great, great player to watch. And it's funny too that uh, you know, we're on the topic. Uh, this week was the 10th anniversary of his infamous uh, practice rant. So oh, you're uh, right. You know, yeah, uh, that was that was, uh, that was big on uh, social media this week. Big on uh, YouTube and Twitter. You know, we'll remember we're we'll talking we'll talk about practice. And uh, that was that was uh, so that was uh, that that happened uh, 10 years ago this week. So, uh, happy anniversary, Alan Iverson, wherever you are. Good point, Barry, because that, along with, you know, the word practice, just like Jim Mora and the word playoffs, exactly. will have never have been altered forever. So, uh, by Alan Iverson and, of course, Jim Mora, um, that's a great point. Uh, I just, uh, I remember that the day it happened, and it was great. And speaking of remembering, let me just close out this third segment by saying, the game that I referenced about the ghost of Celtics past, the game seven where the Sixers come in and beat the Celtics and Larry Bird in a famous, famous game seven. That is the game, by the way. It just hit me as we're talking. That's the day that the Beat LA cha- chant was invented. The Sixers come in to their credit and absolutely beat up on the Celtics in the garden in game seven. Uh, the Celtics big three, and it was such a blowout that around midway in the fourth quarter of that Sunday afternoon game, talk about huge numbers, viewership numbers back in those days, uh, and that was the day that the Boston fans invented the chant, Beat L.A. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yep, so, I do. So that yeah, game's like fan. Said, like we said, a lot of great, great moments, uh, you know, a lot of... Uh, you know, memorable moments uh, you know, whenever the Celtics take the court. You know, there have been some bad, but most, mostly positive, you know, and, uh, you know, with that legacy, you know, absolutely. And then I think we're going to look to keep that going. But it should be a fun series to watch, I agree. 
I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think the uh, bottom line, Sixers are going to give the Celtics all they can handle, and I think it's going to be very, very exciting. Uh, and with that said, we're going to take our break, and Barry, fortunately, is sticking around for us uh, with us for the other side. school to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports we some hard hitters we some hard hitters hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show your hosts are nfl veterans mark mcmillan and co-host byron evans it's an hour of hater free radio every week You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Fantasy sports is where the action really is. Over 40 million people play fantasy sports, but rarely do they get to quiz the experts. Fantasy Insights is the name and the game. Tune in every week as Dish Adams and his guests clue you in on the fantasy football game, what's happening on and off the field, and how it will affect your fantasy team. These experts aren't just beat writers assigned to fantasy football. They live and breathe the game. Tune in to Fantasy Insights with Dish Adams every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports you're listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now Back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. And this is your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post. And uh, Barry, uh, you had mentioned uh, during our break that the Atlanta Hawks owner wasn't the uh, only person to say some uh, less than smart things in the world of sports this past week or two. What what other comments did you hear that you found uh, amazing? Well, I think you're probably referring to the uh, comments of the Lakers, specifically Andrew Bynum talking about, quote, closeout games not being that difficult. Uh, He said that before game five in Los Angeles earlier this week. And the Nuggets come out and, uh, of course, won Game 5 at, at the Staples Center in Los Angeles. And, uh, you know, uh, again, not a smart thing to do. Uh, you know, bulletin board material, will they never learn, I'll tell you. What do you think about that, Barry? You no, know, I, 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 think, I think it's stupid, you know. I mean, it's just, you know, you, you, why would you even come out and say something like that? It's just, you know, 
it, it doesn't serve it doesn't didn't serve Lakers uh, any good to to say that. I mean, why why would you even think that? I mean, to think it is one thing, but to actually come out and say it. I mean, all you're going to do is stoke the opposition. And to come out and say something like that is, is just idiotic. And the um, and the Nuggets also there was more to there's there's more to the story though. The Nuggets also went into the Lakers locker room um, at, uh, after the game and they saw on the on the brief board they wrote. Um, packed for three games, meaning you practice tomorrow, packed for three games, meaning that they felt they would, would just go right to Oklahoma City. Uh, so kind of fact, the Nuggets could even win that game and extend the series. So, uh, you know, the Nuggets, that, the Nuggets on, on two levels, you know, really got, uh, got insulted and disrespected, whatever you want to call it. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, if, if, if we've learned anything, you know, along the way in all these years of watching sports and being around sports, is you never, never, never give give the opponent any reason to put anything on their goal board or, or say anything that could that could motivate them in any way. And you let the sleeping dog lie, you let the sleeping giants lie. Um, you just don't do that. I mean, you know, like uh, you know, same thing with the Atlanta owner. You just, you just don't say things like this. Just like, what are you doing? What are you thinking? You know, just you know, if your team wins, it's just you know that's great. You win, you know, and you know, if you want to if you want to think those things afterwards. Now, I would even say those things after a series is over. I mean, it doesn't do anybody any good. It's just, it's just, it's just bad form all the way around. And it's just, you know, and both times, more often than not, it comes back to bite you, and it happened both times. And uh, that's, that's the way these things usually work. You know, uh, people remember things like that. People remember when when, when uh, players or coaches or management or whomever, you know, says something disparaging about the opposition. That always sticks in the back of your mind if you're if you're the other team. So you know. Good for the Celtics, good for the Nuggets, and, uh, you know, bad for the Lakers, bad for the Hawks. Yep, well, you know, I, I feel like it's a subject I know well, given, uh, you know, my coverage of Bill Belichick and the uh, and the Patriots up here. I uh, They are the pros. Belichick is the ringleader of a team that uh, is as good as any in sports at not saying the wrong thing, not ever, ever, ever giving bulletin board material to the opponent. I mean, they're so well-trained, that's just remarkable. And again, Belichick is just the, uh, you know, practically the inventor of the modern-day practice of not doing it. Many teams have copied, many coaches and teams have copied his lead. And uh, so, yeah, it's just, you know, this Hawks owner, I mean, to me, it just amazes me because... Frankly, I never even heard the person's name. Uh, and then he just comes out with these comments, literally, out of nowhere. Um, with, you know, very, very volatile. As I said earlier in the show, you know, he awakened, you know, the sleeping giant, literally and figuratively, that is Kevin Garnett. And, you know, why he would... Uh, go down that path is absolutely just, you know, beyond my imagination. Um, so, to say the least. Um, so, is the name, literally, I had to look it up on the internet. That's what we're talking about here. Michael Guerin Jr. So, so pretty interesting. To say.
Now, Barry, did uh, had you ever heard of Michael Guerin Jr.? I, I never have until, until just this moment. So uh, I, I just learned right. what you can do. <laughs> I know, it's amazing. Like I said, you know, it's, I, I literally had to look it up. Uh, uh, just amazing, uh, you know. I, I, I'm sure what happened. I, I'm guessing, you know, uh, the reporter somehow, some way prompted him. You know, I'm guessing. I don't think Michael Guerin picked up the phone and called the media to say, "I want the. I want. I have this to say." But yeah, interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah, but um, yeah. I mean, regardless of the uh, of the circumstances, it's still, it's still, you know, it's, I'm, I'm sure he wasn't, you know, going out of his way to make that statement, but it's still something. It's still something you don't do. And maybe the guy just is dealing with the media or, you know, whatever. But, you know, it's, you know, it's still something to do. And, uh, you know, like we said, more often than not, it's back to bite you in the butt, and, and that's exactly what happened. I know. I know. So, Barry, we had a little dust-up this week with Josh Beckett up here in Boston. Still going on. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I heard something about that, too. I mean, you know, it's it, it, it's funny, you know, uh, for the first uh, you know month or so of the season, you know, it was, they, they, they couldn't get off of Bobby B. But now, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure now Bobby B is like, well, geez, now now we all may, maybe maybe people understand what I have to put up with here. And you know, it's just you know, it's just another example of of, of people doing and saying stupid things. You know, uh, in this case, you know, Josh Beckett got scratched from his last start, and then you know, it was found out that he spent the next day uh, on the golf course all day playing golf. So. You know, um, the, you know, one thing about Celtic, uh, sorry, one thing about Boston fans, you know, they're, we know how, we all know how passionate they are and how, and how, you know, tuned in they are to the situation. And when Beckett made his next start, uh, last night, he lasted the two innings and got just absolutely hammered by the Indians. And when he came off the mound, they let him hear it. Boy, I'll tell you, it was, it was unbelievable. Uh, you know, so yeah, they know what's going on, and uh, they, they're not very happy about it. And uh, I'm sure it's a big topic uh, in Boston today, as, as it should be. And you know, uh, certainly, you know, after the offseason, the the Red Sox had you know all the you know the, the, the chicken and beer talk, and Terry Francona uh, on the outs, and you know, then hiring Bobby B, and then the early season problems with Euclid and Pedroia, and now this, and it's just a soap opera now. It's just never seems to have an ending and I don't it can't I don't see an ending can do well for the Red Sox. I mean they're they're in last place in the AL East, uh, they're not playing well. Uh, you got you know, you got all the outside influences now and you know criticize them for every turn and I, I don't know where it goes from here. Um well, I think it's going to end. I think it's going to end really badly as well, and uh, I, I think it's going very badly. And unfortunately, Barry, we're at the end of our show, believe it or not. But I'm glad we squeezed in your comments about Beckett and uh, Voice America. Thank you again for tuning in, as always, and uh, we look forward to doing it again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.